Hi guys, Sophia Verhagen here. This is the channel where we get together and get straight to the point. In today's video, we are going to be talking about 10 red flags to look for in a woman before you commit to her. Number one, she is either too assertive or not assertive enough. So the next time you take a woman out to dinner and something doesn't go her way, either the food is cold or they mixed up her order, watch how she reacts to it. Is she rude? Is she condescending? Or does she just prefer not to complain and just eat whatever is put in front of her? Both those extremes are not good, but for different reasons. A woman who treats waitstaff and other people uh, in a derogatory way when things don't go her way is going to be a very difficult person to deal with when the relationship doesn't go her way. And this kind of behavior can also be a precursor to abusive behavior. So this is a red flag. Equally, if your date doesn't speak up and she just accepts whatever is going on around her, she, you might think she was being polite, but this too is a red flag because this kind of woman has low self-esteem. And so while it may seem endearing or you might think she's polite uh, or considerate, by not complaining, deep down, she's actually too afraid to speak up. And guess what? One day, this is going to surface and it's gonna take you by surprise. So, what is the right reaction you should be looking for? A woman with a healthy self-esteem is more likely to do the following. Again, in the scenario where you're having a dinner date and something isn't going right. She's more likely to mention it to you first, whether it's the soup being cold or the dish being cold. And when you suggest it getting replaced, she politely asks the waiter to change it for her. And she's going to do this graciously. She's going to do it with manners. And that's the thing you should be looking for. Second red flag to look out for is how does she handle her own money? Is she responsible? Is she paying her bills on time? Or does she throw money around on frivolous things rather than paying the rent, for instance? Because if that is the case, you can be sure that when you start living together, she's gonna to be doing that in your joint account. Now, this might seem very obvious to some, but I think you all know many guys out there who have been taken by this. If you're not looking out for the red flags right up front, this is one that can catch you. Now, on the flip side, there's a woman who is very stingy, very careful, and she saves all her money. And when she can actually afford to have something better and she doesn't allow herself to do it, this may or may not be a problem, but it's certainly a red, maybe an orange flag, if not a red flag, something to look out for. The third red flag, and you'll spot this very early on, is drinking habits. Even the most sophisticated uh, alcoholics out there are going to have a hard time disguising their addiction if you're on the lookout. How many drinks does she have when you're together? How quickly does she drink them? Is she drinking to get tipsy, to get drunk? If that's the case, you're going to have to run very, very quickly. I'd advise you give it two chances. And if she's drinking you under the table, <laughs> drop her and move on. Point number four, pay attention to how she talks about her ex-boyfriends. Are they all losers? Are they all idiots? Did things not work out because 
it was all their fault. It does take two to make a relationship. It also takes two to break one. So if she is shifting all of the blame to somebody else and not acknowledging her part in it, then guess what? Weeks, months, years down the line, that's going to be you. Point number five, find out what her relationship with her family is like, particularly her parents. You know, many people have had hard childhoods. Let's not fault them for that. But it's certainly not a reason to shun someone. But what you're looking for is how does she deal with it now that she's an adult, right? Does she still blame them? Depending on how difficult her childhood really was, you're going to want to pay attention to whether she has done the work, whether she's healed from her past wounds, or if she still holds grudges. If she's someone who is healthy, you'll see that because she won't hold grudges. But if she's not, then that's something you're going to have to look out for. Number six, an indecisive woman. <laughs> We've all met them. Surely somewhere along the line in your dating life, you've come across a woman who just can't make up her mind. I mean, whether uh, it's a small thing like reading the menu and ordering food or uh, whether it's a big life decision. And uh, that's going to be a constant drain on you. This is not cute. It's not enduring. This kind of person is just not equipped with essential life skills. And you're going to have a really, really hard time because you're going to start to make all the decisions for her. So if you want somebody who's going to be dependent on you, then guess what? This is the woman for you. But I'm guessing you want somebody with a healthier outlook on life. So if you see this red flag, then it's time to move on. Point number seven, and this is one of my favorites, possessiveness and jealousy. This green giant most times shows up after you've been with, a, with someone for a while, and it may not even show up for a few months, but don't let your guard down. If things have been going well until that point, uh, still don't let your guard down. Is she somebody who knows where you are at all times? Does she ask you when you don't call her for a few hours? These are all kinds of signs. If she's getting moody, she's getting annoyed. If she, you're talking to somebody else, another woman, for instance, then these are all signs that it could be a red flag. And if you're doing something completely innocent and she gets bent out of shape, then I'd suggest try talking to her first before branding her jealous or possessive. But if the talk does not change things and does not change her perspective, then this is a dangerous trait. Don't mistake it for love or caring, even if it is masked that way. Number eight, anger. This is another red flag and one that you should be able to spot relatively easily. Anger is a leg legitimate emotion. Don't discount it when you come across it. Anger, if channeled properly, can actually drive one to achieve things. But the kind of anger that I'm talking about is that uncontrolled type, uh, the overly expressed type. You know, does she have huge meltdowns if something is uh, not going her way, if somebody unlikes her on social media? Is she getting angry about it or does she talk calmly about something that's upset her? So... If she's flying off the handle a lot, that's a definite red flag you should not be putting up with. Number eight. Uh, eight and nine are actually linked closely together. Number eight, 
is making excuses for things in life. We all do it, but making excuses and blaming other people consistently is not an attractive quality. Yes, of course, there are times when other people are to blame for certain things, but if you start to notice this pattern, that means she's emotionally immature. It's up to you. Do you want to wait for her to grow up? That's a choice you're going to have to make. Or are you really looking for an adult relationship? Because chances are, eventually, you'll get tired of the shenanigans. This is something you really shouldn't need to put up with in a relationship. The next one is um, a sort of a continuation of the previous point. Does she sweat the small stuff? If this is somebody who cannot handle the small stressors of life, chances are when things get bigger, she's not going to be able to handle them. And if you're considering having a family with her, uh, this is going to become a real issue. The kind of things I'm talking about are looking for, uh, instance, uh, let's say she well, was going somewhere and missed her train. And she's on the phone crying to you because she's missed her train, even though there's another train in an hour from now. You know, things like that, you might find it very cute in the beginning. You might think you're her knight in shining armor. As time goes on, it's going to be a major drain. So this is one you should definitely get out of. And then finally, uh, the last point I would say is somebody who is, um, and this goes uh, for all women and men, but generally for women, is somebody who keeps her house clean. <sighs> I know most women are going to hate me for saying this, but um, cleanliness is next to godliness. So unless you live in a pigsty yourself and you don't care about it, um, show up at her house if you can, obviously politely, when she's least expecting you and when she's not had time to clean up and have a look at how she lives, because that is how you're going to live with her in the future. So I hope you enjoyed that video. I'll see you in the next one. Bye for now. Hi guys, Sophia Verhagen here. This is a channel where we get together and get straight to the point. So in today's video, we are going to talk about some of the reasons why you may not have found the one. Okay, reason number one, you don't make time for dating. Now, that seems like a fairly straightforward concept. You simply don't make the time. And there could be many legitimate reasons. You're preoccupied with raising your children, you're focused on your work, you're growing your business, you dabble in and out of dating, and you may even arrange the dates. And however, these are much lower on your priority list. So if you're serious about finding the woman of your dreams, you'll need to make dating a priority and give it the attention it deserves. So if you are already protesting that idea in your head right now, then you can be pretty sure that the real reason that you're procrastinating isn't just a lack of time. You're going to have to find out what the real reason is and dig down a little bit further. But if lack of time has been your excuse, then give yourself the time to really figure out because you will greatly benefit from figuring out what your real reason for making time the excuse. The second reason you may be finding yourself single is that you're impatient. Okay, many men meet an attractive woman, they seem to get along fine, and then they rush 
along everything. Now, if you've done this in the past, then you may be what is an impatient dater. A high-quality woman will not appreciate you rushing things because it sends a red flag to her. A high-quality woman wants to get to know you first, and she's going to be very uncomfortable when you try and rush something. So if you don't slow down a little and you really like this girl, chances are you're going to blow it. So take the time to know her because dating is developing a foundation. Dating is about building a strong bond before you get into bed, before you get into a relationship. And of course, timing is key. And a real woman is going to look to you to lead in that area. So make sure you're not too impatient and you're not being too lax about it. There is a fine line and you're going to have to learn how to make sure that you fine-tune your dating timeline. And there are ways to do this. You can look at her cues, you can judge how things are going, and you can either speed things up or slow things down. The third reason why you may not have found the one is you are your own worst enemy. I know it hurts to say that, but this is probably one of those things that a lot of guys do. They get in their own way. So if you find yourself not getting along with your dates or having arguments or issues when you're in a relationship or perhaps you're throwing your hands up in the air and the smallest of issues makes you go berserk, then you may be getting in the way of yourself. And this is probably the hardest reason to come to terms with because, well, let's face it, it's hard for all of us to look at our faults and to dissect our personalities. But if this sounds a little bit like what you're going through in your relationships, then it's time to take stock and figure out which one it is. The fourth reason why you may not have found the one yet is because you are the guy who puts women on a pedestal. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, and you should treat your woman with the utmost care and respect. But if you find yourself doing this a lot, then there is definitely an underlying reason. There may be an issue of worthiness. There may be an issue of confidence. Uh, you perhaps don't see your date as an equal partner. All of these things can really lead you to keeping her up on a pedestal. And if she's a good woman, great. She'll appreciate it and she'll return the favor. But nine times out of 10, if she has certain issues, she's going to use that pedestal status to um, unfortunately create issues in the relationship. So that's something you should really be aware of. The fifth reason that you may find yourself single is that you judge all women by the same yardstick. And that yardstick is the measure of all your past girlfriends. It's like, Scrooge, you know, the ghost of girlfriend's past. And that is exactly the opposite of putting somebody on a pedestal. You treat women like crap. And because somewhere in your past, you may have learned to mistrust women. So with the slightest issue uh, in your relationship, these subconscious feelings are going to get triggered again. And you go into this self-defense self-preservation mode. So if you find yourself doing that, then make sure you research a little bit into a phenomenon called the Madonna whore complex. So there we have it. Five reasons why love is eluding you. 
and uh, stay tuned for the next video. Hi guys, Sophia Verhagen here. This is the channel where we get together and get straight to the point. So today's video, we're going to be talking about limiting beliefs. If you are a guy who has had some issues with relationships, if you have not been very successful in dating, then this might be the time to stop and think whether you have any limiting beliefs. Chances are you pretty well do, but let me explain. You see, we all have a subconscious mind that is designed to keep us in survival mode. It's sort of that reptilian brain where all of our fears, our anger, other negative emotions live. And because they are there, they're there to keep us in survival mode. And they tell us things like, I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not rich enough, I'm not handsome enough. And so if you listen to these things long enough, then you start to believe them. Sometimes these voices in your head can also sound like uh, very logical. That girl is out of my league. Or I came from a broken family, so what can I expect? My parents didn't have a good relationship. It runs in the family. And these things will seem logical, but in fact they are deep-rooted, self-limiting beliefs, which then keep us from achieving the things that we want to achieve in our love life. So if you've heard that voice, then you know how hard it is to shut it off for any length of time. And even if you do manage to shut it off, it appears again when things go wrong. It's sort of that monkey on your shoulder that's mocking you, saying, see, I told you, I told you so, I told you you were wrong. And that, my friends, is the subconscious mind. Welcome to the subconscious mind. Um, it's known with different nicknames. Some people call it chatter. Some call it the monkey mind. And the subconscious holds all of our life experiences. So, you know, maybe you've known another male relative, a friend, an uncle who just seemed to breeze through life and nothing really bothered him. Everything came easy to him. Uh, whether he was a teacher's pet in school or whether he uh, just did stuff that other people would get into trouble for, but he didn't. You know, maybe he's this guy you're thinking even was really successful with the women. He got laid more often than not. And so it's easy to imagine that this breed of man, it, it's, it doesn't have any issues, that it looks that way to a bystander. But the truth is every single one of those times that, or one of those types that we envied, they had it just as hard. They just faced as many rejections as you did and failed as many times as you did. The only difference is they didn't have those self-limiting beliefs that you have. So if any of this resonates with you, I'd really urge you to take uh, some time to think about what those are, write them down, and go off and try and find some help for them. Thanks for watching. Hi guys, it's Sophia Verhagen here. So today we're going to talk about what men think women want, but they don't really want. Now, this is often an area where men make a lot of mistakes with women. And so even if you are doing all of the things that a woman wants, saying all of the things that she wants, you can inadvertently be leading yourself down the wrong path if you are going about it in a way that a woman is not hardwired to respond to. 
Let me explain what I mean by that. There are two traps that men typically will fall into. The first one is that they don't know what the opposite sex actually values. Okay, I emphasize the word values because we all value different things. And this applies, by the way, equally to men and women. Don't think for a moment that women get men very easily because we don't. But both sexes need to be educated on what the opposite sex actually holds in high esteem. And until we make a point of really internalizing that knowledge, it's always going to trip us up. And since we don't come by this information in school or college or university, we end up by trial and error. But with just a little curiosity and application, it's actually pretty simple to master what a woman actually values. Now, learning what she actually values will put you light years ahead of the competition. So in business, the same thing applies too. We want to know what our clients value, otherwise we're not really giving them a proper solution. The second trap that a lot of men fall into is they tend to give what they know best. And again, this is human in nature, to give what we like, to communicate the way that we like being communicated with. And when it comes to dating, though, and maintaining relationships with the opposite sex, this always backfires. See, social interaction and camaraderie is what makes us human. But men and women have different ways of interacting. Women interact with other women by talking, by sharing experiences, feelings, emotions about their lives and people in their lives. Men bond over sharing activities together, sports activities, common hobbies, interests. And so that's how we are all hardwired to interact. And, you know, if you think about it in evolutionary times, this is when the men were hunting in packs and they had to survive and bonded with each other in a way that uh, meant that they, it was the best way for them to survive. So they didn't speak much or they would attract animals out of the woods. They didn't have to communicate with each other very much other than when they were actually in a situation where they were trying to hunt down an animal. On the other hand, women were left back and they communicated a lot because there was no reason not to communicate. And so they spent a lot of period of time without the men around them. And they learned different ways of socializing with each other. So fast forward to today and modern times. Men and women interact in the workplace. But their connections are mostly, do, uh, mostly professional. And so they don't have... Uh, other than the office romances, they're not interacting in a way that you would normally react as in a relationship. So the problem is in the fact that our mode of interaction is different, and nor is the problem that we don't understand that different sexes socialize differently. The fact is that we all have an unconscious bias that says our partner is going to be very much like us. And that understanding and that acknowledgement is the first step in trying to understand the opposite sex.